What's up, fight fans, and welcome to another episode of The Mat here on Final Timeout Sports. On this fifth episode of The Mat, we're going to be recapping uh, the fights from last week and <clears throat> looking ahead to our double title fight uh, card coming up this weekend. Uh, you know, some great fights last week and then another unfortunate ending out of the final main event fight. Um, but to start it off, Nando... What are, you, what are your thoughts looking back at the Nikita Krylov versus uh, Alexander Gustafson fight? I mean, to keep this one short and sweet, uh, I don't think there's there's much to say other than just pure domination here. Um, you know, it was uh, it was definitely you know the arrow was pointing Krylov's way you know from the get go before the match even started. But you know, two knockdowns and just like absolutely striking relentlessly non-stop um you know the entire fight you know the entire the entire one round that is um you know nothing nothing much to add other than you know absolutely clinical stuff from krylov you know gustafson's he had he he needed to do a lot here to take down krylov you know i think i think that he has great striking ability but i i don't think he's there yet um but i mean what, what do you have to add yeah, I mean, definitely a tough one to to watch overall, especially as a, a Gustafson fan. I was hoping he could have a little bit of a, a career resurgence, uh, but I think it's pretty safe to say that his his career is over. He should probably retire for a final time uh, at this point. Um, you know, he he only landed five strikes. He only threw nine uh, compared to Krylov. Twenty six strikes landed, threw forty five, all of which um, were significant strikes. Yeah, like you said, he was just landing cleanly and flush on Gustafson. So I, I have a feeling that he'll Gustafson will kind of try and get one more fight, get one final win to, to cap off his career, which, you know, is a pretty legendary UFC career. Um, but, you know, I would almost hope that, like, the UFC would cut him for his own sake um, just so he don't, we don't have to, you know, watch another thing like that. Um, so I thought I was, you know – coming up with something with that plus 170 underdog for him but uh yeah Krylov just kind of dominated that one um and Gustafson yeah never really had a chance two knockdowns just yeah that fight right that that was stopped um so then we had uh you know the next fight that that we talked about was was Patty the Batty versus uh Jordan Levitt um Two guys trying to weird each other out. Um, I thought it was a, a fun sh- fight. It was short, obviously, but um, you know, I thought Patty was definitely pushed uh, in terms of you know his grappling skills. I thought he prepared really well. You could tell that um, you know he was ready for the kind of unique style and grappling that Jordan Levitt brings. Um, and even with the takedowns that Levitt was able to score, he was popping back up. He was doing things, uh, a lot of things, just to avoid being put in a kind of compromising position. Um, so, you know, Levitt probably won the first round, um, but then towards the end, uh, he, Patty was almost able to uh, turn one one of his holds around uh, when Levitt was on top, turned it into a guillotine that that was under the chin of Levitt for a sec before uh, Levitt was able to break the hands. Um, and then at the end of the round, Patty had a nice, nice head kick and then got control of, of, of the neck before landing a couple extra shots there at the end of round one. And then, uh, round two was starting pretty similarly. And then, uh, 
you know, that that one knee to the head while they were both uh, kind of tied up. I think I, I think put Jordan, you know, out for a couple seconds uh, before he was able to kind of get himself, uh, get the lights back on and um, scramble a little bit, but then ended up with Patty being able to take, uh, take Jordan's back and um, uh, secure the rear naked choke um, for the, the second round submission. Um, you know, I thought, it, yeah, overall, great fight from Patty, prepared really well, showed that um, he was able to fight and work with a, a really strong grappler, um, showed that he can have some really great takedown defense. Uh, he stuffed six of nine takedown attempts, and, um, you know, even the ones where he was on the ground, uh, or he got taken to the ground, he was, you know, able to scramble and everything. So um, thought that that was a great fight. Um, and then, you know, quick shout-out to his, his fellow Brit, Molly McCann, who had uh, that insane spinning back elbow KO in round one. Yeah, that was crazy. And the, the crazy thing is that this is her second consecutive spinning back elbow KO. Um, so, I, yeah. Uh, no, I swear, I swear to God, yeah. And uh, wow. she she and Patty have both fought on the, the same cards their last two fights. Um, and it's just funny cause yeah, they train together. I think they're really good friends. Um, so I think she's definitely someone to, to keep an eye on in the women's flyweight division. Um, as you know, that division keeps getting dominated by, uh, Shevchenko. So, um, yeah, you know, uh, what do you think when you, when you looked at that, uh, that Patty fight? No, I mean, Forbes, I think you hit the nail on the head here. Um, you know, it was great to see Patty the Batty, you know, get at it at his, you know, at home last weekend in London. Um, the crowd was definitely loving the loving the weird, you know. <laughs> you know, he did he did do the celebration that he yeah. said you could do as well, which was which was pretty humor. Um, but you know what, Forbes, like Patty Patty's giving that, you know, that good marketing, I think, for, for the UFC as a whole, you know. He's kind of he could, you know, be the little face, you know, replacement, you know, McGregor here is, you know, the face of, you know, the UFC, you know, making these money fights because he's, he is a personality, but he's also, you know, a nice, like, technical fighter. Like, like you said, he probably, he probably could have lost round one and, like, you know, he came back round two and that was, that was just, you know, he really showed, you know, his strong technical ability on that, you know, rear naked choke at the end um so it was, it was just awesome to see um even though it was only you know two rounds long yeah definitely uh, definitely had some some short fights overall um aside from say the the jack Hermanson fight versus chris curtis um but then yeah uh tough tough uh main event fight two weeks in a row that uh the main event Main event fight has ended in the first round due to an injury. Um, you know, Curtis Blades technically picking up the KO win 15 seconds into the first round, but um, landed four strikes. And then, you know, Aspinall threw that leg kick, immediately um, crumpled to the ground. I think it's probably a, a torn ACL. Uh, I, I was reading an article saying Aspinall seems to have confirmed that he's going to have to have surgery. Um, but he has to wait for the swelling to go down a little bit to get a, a clear M MRI. Um, but yeah, just a just a disappointing way to end the card. Um, I feel like that that type of fight, you know, shouldn't really end up on either fighter's uh, record. Um, you know, I don't think Curtis Blades yeah. 
should get to put TKO KO win over Tom Aspinall um, on his record. And, you know, I, I think it's tough that Aspinall has to toss another, you know, loss on his record after he, he threw three strikes and, you know, one of the, the one of the, those three that he landed um, was the one that put him down. So it's definitely tough. Uh, I think, you know, looking forward, Blades could uh, try and have a quick turnaround Trying to get a you know different top five heavyweight to get himself in the title conversation, um, but Aspinall's you know going to be out I think for the rest of 2022, uh, maybe a couple months in 2023. So I don't think that you know they'll rematch this fight. Curtis Blade seemed to confirm that, saying that you know he's he seemed to confirm that he had won the fight, even though I thought that was kind of ridiculous. But um, you know yeah. he'll yeah so. Either way, just disappointing. Um, two two consecutive weeks, it, it's this has happened in the first round um, of two fights that I think everyone was really excited for. Um, the other being the Yair Rodriguez versus Brian Ortega. So, um, yeah, I don't know. What, after watching this one, what, this kind of put a damper on the card for you. It was this? Um, what'd you think? Well, technically three fights, right? If we're also into Sean O'Malley, Munez fight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, super unfortunate to see, you know, Ospinall was obviously trying to complete the trifecta, you know, at home for the for the British in London. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I, I did get the clean sweep, I'm afraid. <laughs> so I'll, I'll take what I can get. But, you know, at the end of the day, like you said, it, it's just, it's super unfortunate for everybody. Obviously, Ospinall included... Hey, you know, Curtis Blades obviously wanted to wanted to prove his worth, you know, and get a, a proper, you know, upset, knockout, you know. But not not much to add here. Just unfortunate to see yet again another fight end like this. Um but Forbes, you wanna talk a little bit more, I guess now that I now that I raised the subject about um the new rule that was uh brought up recently this week, um, in regards to, to eye pokes. Um that could have perhaps changed the complexion of the Sean O'Malley Munez fight. Yeah, so there were, I believe, two uh, two major changes that that got officially made um, in the most recent kind of rules meeting. One being that uh, I don't know if you remember when uh, Ngannou was fighting Cyril Gan um, in that title unification bout, he was wearing those kind of rubber um, knee guards, um, and some guys wear them on their elbows as well. Those have now been kind of just or a specific type of those have now been approved to be consistently allowed um, in the UFC or in uh, just fighting overall, which I think helps with a lot of stability and especially will help with wrestlers. But yeah, the, uh, the new kind of eye poke rule is it makes it more standardized, like it's a low blow. Um, so it'll, you know, if you, the, an eye poke gets, gets ruled, you get those five minutes um, and it's not necessarily immediately a doctor coming in. A doctor can look at you at the end of those five minutes. But, um, yeah, had that been the case, maybe um, Pedro Munez takes a little bit more time. Um, maybe he thinks that he can recover. I don't know. I thought that that was kind of a way out in the first place for him um, after seeing you know some of the aftermath. Um, no swelling in or around his eye and you know him just kind of closing it in an interview. Um to pretend like it was hurt or so yeah i think it'll if anything um you know because the fighters already had that potential five minutes to recover 
Um, ideally, it makes it a little more regulated that, um, you know, it can be called out. Um, and then, yeah, maybe we see a little less of those uh, those fights getting stopped because a fighter's just saying, you know, I, I can't go, uh, I can't keep going. Um, but we'll see kind of how it gets applied, um, you know, as, as the cards keep coming um, week after week. But, yeah, it's... I think it's definitely an important uh, change to, to have made. What about you? What do you think? No, I, I completely agree. Uh, I would have liked to see, you know, the O'Malley fight continue, um, as you as you mentioned. Um, so, you know, perhaps giving more time would, would do a service to everybody, um, including the, the fighter that gets poked, you know, because it's tough because you don't want to disappoint either, you know. And yeah. it's tough to say if someone's, you know, using it as a cop-out or what. So I, I think that that now, like, clears the air a bit there, you know, unless it's, like, a pretty, you know, vigorous, you know, poke or jab. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely, definitely hope it, because, yeah, you never want to be like, oh, you know, I, I doubt that guy actually got poked in the eye when none of us are in there, none of us are really feeling what um, those shots can, or those um, incidental pokes can feel like. So, but at the end of the day, you also just, it's, can be pretty devastating when a, a fight gets stopped like that, especially like a sugar show fight. Um, but we can talk about his next fight maybe later today um, or on a, an upcoming episode. But for right now, I think that we can turn to uh, UFC 277, Pena versus Nunez 2. Um, coming at you uh, from Dallas, Texas, the American Airlines Center, this Saturday, July 30th. Um, got an absolutely great main card. Uh, we're going to be talking about four of these five main cards today. Um, starting off with the Magomed Ankalov versus uh, Anthony Lionheart Smith. Um, you know, I, initially, I'm not going to lie, uh, we talked about this a little bit. I wanted to pick Anthony Smith. I really like the dude. Uh, I think that he's he probably should have been a light heavyweight champ. He's, you know, one of those guys that uh, has had a fight with Jones that actually he took an illegal knee to the head um and had he kind of said that he couldn't continue he would have uh won the belt um but he or via disqualification but instead he um you know said that he can continue ended up losing by unanimous decision um on a, on a definitely a tough fight uh, his next fight he actually uh beat uh gustafson who we were just talking about um but yeah it, it's it's going to be a great lightweight fight to start off a pretty great card. It's got two title fights. Um, Magomed being the number four ranked light heavyweight and Anthony Smith number five. Um, I think the winner of this fight will probably need, you know, one more win uh, to then get a title fight. You know, Yuri uh, has already committed to a rematch against Glover Teixeira that in my guess will happen later this year or maybe January next year um so the winner of this could fight maybe Jan uh in a potential title eliminator again at the end of this year maybe early next year setting up uh you know a title shot for middle of uh of next year for the light heavyweight belt for potentially one of these guys or Jan but um yeah I, I see this fight probably being fairly one-sided um Ankalov is 30 while Smith is 34 which isn't you know crazy age difference but Smith has had uh, 34 more professional fights. Um, Smith has headlined uh, eight of his last nine cards that he's fought on. Um, but kind of just see 
the sun setting on his career to some extent. You know, he's been uh, fighting professionally since 2008. Um, he's been fighting in the UFC and Bellator since um, 2013. Um, he's also fought in Strike Force. So even though he may not have been fighting in the UFC his entire career, he's been fighting in the top, um, you know, fighting organizations. Um, you know, he's on a three-fight win streak, um, but... Magomed is, is kind of just an animal. He's on an eight-fight win streak. He's only lost one fight in his professional career. Uh, he's coming off his first main event fight uh, where he took down Thiago Santos by unanimous decision in a fairly back-and-forth fight, in my opinion. Um, he got dropped in the second round, was able to recover. Um, he went at it kind of kickboxing Santos, which was an interesting move because Santos is such a you know powerful and dominant kickboxer. So maybe that was kind of a, you know, He's going to beat this guy at his at his best, um, you know, his best tools. Um, but towards the fourth, he started to take it to the ground a little bit and then largely held on in the fifth round. But got a unanimous decision. Um, I think that Smith has had some fantastic fights in his career, but he's going to be on the wrong side of this one. Um, I think he's going to be just kind of a step behind uh, Magomed's speed and wrestling and just kind of be overwhelmed by the Russian. So... In this one, I, I don't see Smith being, um, I don't see the fight ending early, but I, I do see Ankalov winning by unanimous decision to uh, to start off this UFC fight card. Yeah, I mean, I think Magomed is, is definitely due, right? He's, he's won the last three um, by unanimous decision. Yeah. And I think that... Um, I think the odds here speak for themselves. Uh, Magomed is the heavy favorite, um, and you know what? I really, I really hope he gets a, you know, he gets the opportunity for a, a title shot, you know, soon um, post win. But like you said, I think he might need um, just another fight. You mentioned Jan. Um, that would be that would be a good fight to see. Um, but you know what? I think that I think Magomed's wrestling just might be too much for him as well. Um, I really think that he's just the all-around better fighter. Um, you know, not to not to beat a dead horse here, but I'm actually going to go for this one. You know, the first round knockout. He hasn't seen a first round knockout in a bit, but you know what? I think I think he's gonna do it because you know he wa- he wants to he wants to prove a point here and get that and get that title fight soon. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely he's definitely got the power for it. Um, what was it? Yeah. Last three have been unanimous decisions, but then I think the three before that were all KOs. So he's got the power for it. Um, we'll see. Yeah. He's definitely, you know, uh, ankle the minus five fifty favorite with Smith being a plus 400 underdog, you know, don't think that you can really go against those. Um, especially, yeah, it was Magomed's set. Yeah. 17 and one in his career. Um, his only fight came, I believe in his uh, it was his UFC debut, um, but since then um, he's been phenomenal. So unfortunate because I think Smith's a great fighter and also is, I think in and out of the cage he's a good dude. But uh, yeah, have this one going unanimous decision. You got it first uh, first round KO. We'll we'll see about that one. And check back in next week. <laughs> and then uh, then we got one of our one of our favorite fighters here. We got Derek Lewis. Versus Sergey Pavlovich, uh, Derek Lewis, fifth-ranked heavyweight, coming in at a plus one ten underdog with Sergey Pavlovich, um, number eleventh-ranked uh, 
heavyweight as a minus 130 favorite. Um, I, I feel like I've been talking a lot. Let me know what you think about this one because this is the, it, the odds were, were definitely really interesting for me um, coming out of this one. Absolutely. I mean, you got Derek. My balls was hot. (laughs) (laughs) At plus 120 odds, you know, he's got decent value. You know, Pavlovich, though, has got him by five, five inches on the reach. And, you know, his striking ability, um, it it doesn't get much better than that. Um, As you could definitely call him, you know, a knockout artist, if you will. as you know, I think if you're looking at his track record here, like the last three opponents, you know, he's he's knocked out in the first round. Um, and that, that speaks for itself. Um, but you know what? I do I do love me some Derek Will uh, Lewis, excuse me. Um, you know, he's got undeniable power. Um, he's got experience. And you know what? I'm going to take this one. Uh, Derek Lewis, uh, give me the money. Uh, plus 120, unanimous decision, going the distance. Interesting. Yeah, I I feel like it's one of those uh, those memes where it's just like, yeah, Sir, Sergio or Sergey uh, Pavlovich, he's got all this uh, this power, the striking. Um, he's up and coming guy, five inch reach advantage. Um, got the you know uh, six uh, significant strikes landed per minute to Derek Lewis's two and a half. That being said, Lewis by second round TKO. Like, <laughs> I, uh, I, I can't, you know, he's ma- Lewis is making his return to the octagon um, after uh, a tough second round KO at the hand of Ty Tuivasa, or Tuivasa, who I absolutely love. Um, pretty insane that, you know, I think he, Ty was uh, maybe 12th or 13th ranked at that point, um, and Derek that took that crazy. fight. That was insane, yeah. Um, I think that was uh, that was an elbow that uh, right up against the cage. That was that was nuts. Um, but you know, everyone knows Derek's still got that knockout power in his hands. He's gonna walk forward and throw bombs until yeah, you know, he gets knocked out or his opponent's knocked out. All five of his last fights uh, have failed to make it the distance. All of them have ended in KO or TKOs. Um, he's three and two in those fights. He's only lost to the aforementioned Taya Tuivisa uh, and then the former interim champ, Cyril Ghosn, um, in a fight that he was kind of just... Cyril Ghosn was technically levels and levels above. Um, but, you know, and then you have, on the other side, Sergei Pavlovich, three-year hiatus returning to the cage uh, in March and then scored a, a KO win over Shamil Abdurakimov. I uh, probably butchered that, but... He's seven years younger than Lewis and also has 19 fewer fights. Um, you know, I think this is a too big of a leap for Sergey. Um, you know, he's taking on his, his second fight in three years. He didn't fight in all of 2020 and 2021. If I had to guess, I'd say that there were, you know, maybe COVID issues, probably couldn't leave Russia or something like that. Um, as we saw, you know, that happened with uh, Habib when he was trying to fight uh, Tony Ferguson. But, um, I think this is a reach for him going all the way up to fight the number fifth ranked heavyweight um, in the UFC. So, you know, I got I got Derek, the black beast, Lewis, getting his career back on track. Um, I don't think there's a shot in hell that, you know, he loses two consecutive fights to two fighters uh, who are outside the top ten. So, like I said, I, I got Lewis with a, a second round KO. I don't see this one going the distance either way, um, but... I'm riding with Lewis on this one. 
And that brings us to our first of two title fights, uh, this one being an interim title fight versus Brandon Moreno, uh, the babyface assassin, uh, at a minus 210 favorite versus Kai Cara France, who's not from France, uh, at a plus 175 underdog for the flyweight interim title. Uh, Davison Figueiredo, uh, I believe, has a wrist or hand injury that he's recovering from, so the UFC went ahead and um, booked this uh, interim title fight. I think Figueiredo's pretty pissed off about it, actually. He, he threatened to leave the flyweight division um, because this was booked, and then kind of no one responded, and he was like, oh, I guess I don't have that type of star power to be uh, making those types of threats. But, you know, this is going to be, I think, a great fight, in my opinion. Um, it's a rematch from 2019 in which Moreno won uh, by unanimous decision. Um, you know, both have fought five times since their first fight. Um, Kai Car France has gone 4-1, and Moreno has gone 3-1-1. One one. Um, his last three fights being against Davison Figueiredo, going 1-1-1. One, one one draw, uh, one win versus uh, via uh, submission, and then one loss versus unanimous decision. Um, on the other side, uh, Kai has, has had a pretty insane KO of the legend Cody Garbrandt. Uh, Cody was making his debut at flyweight, um, and you know Cody's definitely got a chin on him, so that was pretty impressive. Um, during their first fight, uh, I, I rewatched it round one. I Kai was definitely stinging Moreno with some good combos coming off of his jab. Um, but then Moreno was kind of able to make some adjustments um, and was able to utilize some good counters off of those, those strikes that Moreno, or sorry, um, Kai was able to land. Um, neither attempted any takedowns during the fight, so that left the, the judging all up to their striking. Um, Moreno threw 1% of his strikes at Kai's legs, um, which could be a really uh, important statistic uh, as this is now going to be a five-round fight. Um, if Kai's uh, legs are you know, feeling pretty fresh going into the championship rounds, um, that's going to be big. I think that's going to be an adjustment that Moreno needs to make. Um, he's going to have to, yeah, you know, try and chop down those legs of Kai Car France a bit. Um, I think that the biggest thing is, uh, you know, Kai Car France has made some some good progress in terms of his his speed and his striking. Um, he's also you know introduced a lot of feints into uh, into his his fighting style, um, kind of going in and out a lot. So, you know, I think that this is going to be an exciting fight to set us up for another great rematch coming up later. Um, I have Moreno coming out uh, victorious with a unanimous decision. Um, you know, uh, it's going to be an interesting fight. The, you know, I don't think the odds really show or represent how close this fight is going to be. Uh, but, you know, I one could argue that Moreno is going to maybe struggle a little bit because his last three fights have been against one fighter. Um, so we'll see about that. Um, Kai Car France, maybe this is, you know, too big of a step for him. We'll see, but, you know, I got Moreno with a unanimous decision. I think that um, he's just kind of been up there fighting the champ, fighting the best guy in the division the past three fights, and that kind of puts him a little, you know, a level above Kai Car France. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm excited for this one. Uh, I, think it, I think it'll be a fun one. What do you think about it? Yeah, I think Moreno's definitely battle-tested uh, for this one. Like you mentioned, you know, this is going to be a five-rounder. 
Um, and you know that Moreno's got, you know, he's got a good striking booty, but he's also got pretty good cardio. Um, and you know, this is going to be, this is going to be a test for France. That, that sounded weird. Kai um, <laughs> Kara France. Um, you know, this is the rematch from a couple of years ago. Um, but you know what? Ultimately, I think that we got to see, we got to see a winner, right? You said that the Figueroa, Figueroa, sorry, um, Moreno are 1-1-1. One, one, one. You know, the last three fights were just crazy to think um, that they didn't fight anybody in between that period of time. Um, but I think that this is also going to go the distance um, in Moreno's favor. I think that... Um, I think this is going to be a tough scene for France. I think that uh, I think he deserved an opportunity at the rematch, uh, but I think the moment might be too much for him. I think Moreno's, you know, he's going to do everything he can to to face the champ um, in Figueredo. So, so I'm looking forward to hopefully what we're going to see is uh, round four between those two. We're going to go with Moreno, the distance, unanimous decision. Yeah. I think uh, one thing before we move on to uh, the Peña-Nunez fight, I do think that the reason they, they booked this interim fight is, you know, they didn't want to just book the moreno Figueiredo fight for a fourth consecutive time. Um, I think they needed to maybe at least prove that, um, you know, had Moreno won that fight, actually, no, if Moreno had won that fight, he would have been fighting someone else. But since it's 1-1-1, one, one, and one, um, I think they had to prove that, you know, Moreno needs to win a fight um, to get himself back there to show that, um, like, he's still, you know, they're still the top two in the division. Um, but totally. that, you know, and they kind of, I think it was a perfect opportunity for the UFC to just say, hey, we'll do this interim belt to guys that have a 1-1-1 one, one, one record against them. I think that's I think that's their dream scenario is to have Moreno versus Figueiredo for that fourth time. Um, so it'll be, you know, a title unification break. Uh, the tie in, on the scorecard. So, yeah, I think as much as uh, Davison was, was pissed off about that, I think it was creates uh, a pretty great storyline um, for the flyweight division that, you know, people may have gotten a little tired of uh, seeing the same guys fight three times, even though they were, they were pretty legendary fights. That now brings us to our rematch of one of the craziest upsets, arguably the craziest upset uh, in UFC history, um, Julia and Pena uh, versus Amanda Nunez for the women's bantamweight uh, title. The odds have shifted around a little bit. Um, got Pena as a plus 220 underdog right now with Nunez as a minus 270 uh, favorite. I think it was uh, originally it had Pena as a plus 230 underdog. So those are starting to come together a little bit. I think with more people putting money on, on Pena, if I had to guess, but before I before I get into this one, let, let me hear uh, what you got because I, I think uh, I think we're gonna disagree on this one. I mean, this is a tough one, right? Um, Pena really came out, um, you know, last December with a knock. Uh, sorry, with a with an upset that no one no one really saw, um, to be honest. And 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 to and to be frank. I, I could argue that Amanda Nunez is, like, one of the, arguably, like, the best female fighter to grace the UFC. Like, she's kind of a dog. Uh, like, she, I think she is. Of, yeah, she, yeah, no, she, she's an absolute dog. Um, you know, like, unbelievable power. Um, but, like, you gotta, you gotta give it a second look, right? Like, 
minus 270 versus plus 220. I mean, the value is definitely there for Pena. Um, but you know what? I think that Nunez is just this unbelievable fighter with incredible striking ability on top of power. Um, what I did like about Pena last fight was um, she wasn't really giving Nunez that kind of space to, mm-hmm. like, you know, to strike and, and do her thing. And I think that's what kind of threw her off a bit. Um, but you know what, Forbes? I don't I don't think that uh, Nunez is going down twice. I think I think Vegas is has got this one has got this one right. But you know what? There is there's definitely value in Pena. So I do understand why some betters would would go that way. But you know what, Forbes? I'm gonna have to go with a first round knockout for Nunez. This is a this is a uh, yeah no for real. This is um this is gonna be a statement fight. You know, to let let everybody know who she who she is. You know, like she's she's definitely gonna make her point heard to you know the people at the the upper deck, you know, down in Dallas. Uh, she's unbelievably talented. I think her pedigree speaks for itself. Um, and yeah, we're just gonna ride with the first round knockout. But you know what? This fight could go a number of ways. So Forbes, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm gonna say first off, I would put so much money on this fight getting past the first round. I, I think that this fight, I think, uh, well, okay, I'll, first of all, I'll do, you know, I'll, I'll do a quick recap of their last fight, you know, um, you know, the biggest thing that I saw from that fight was just the fact that Juliana Pena wasn't going down from those, you know, absolute bombs that Nunez had used to, to end fighters like Holly Holm, Megan Anderson, or, or Chris, uh, Chris Cyborg, so, that was, I think, the biggest surprise uh, initially for Nunez. You know, Juliana Pena walked herself right into right into you know the lioness's den, um, and she just you know walked forward, was just taking bombs and just going through them. And um, you know, there was also they uh, I think she had him or Nunez had Pena um, in a potential submission spot in the first round that she was able to get out of, but. Um, you know, I think that surprised Nunez, and I think that she was dog-tired by the end of that first round because she just was expecting her to go down. She put, she was, you know, a lot more output than she may have um, thought to use had she, you know, I think she assumed that she was just going to go down and that she, she could, you know, expend more of that cardio. And when she didn't, you know, yeah, we saw a second round, she was tired, and then um, the, the submission that uh, Pena was able to get on her, you know, it wasn't like a locked technical submission she just it was kind of similar to the yuri uh submission of glover kind of just nunez was so tired just pena just got that armor uh underneath her neck you know when you're that tired and you just can't breathe it it doesn't take a fully technical um submission or hold to you know get you to tap sometimes that really is all it takes so um you know that i think nunez needs to learn a lot from that first fight on not um, you know, overextending herself. Um, I, I initially was going to go into this thinking, you know, this could be a little bit of a, of a sunset on Nunez's career, but, you know, she's 34. She's only two years older than Peña's 32. Um, so it's not like there's a big age difference. I will say that I think that the weight difference um, is going to be something that comes into this. Yes, we saw Peña just w- make weight today with two minutes to spare, but Nunez, you know, Nunez is also the women's featherweight champ, which uh, is 10 pounds heavier, which is 145. 
If you look at the UFC ranking, she's the only person in that division, ranked in that division. She's the only fighter there. That division was created solely for her um, because she knew that she could go up um, in weight and, you know, just wanted to fight someone, wanted, you know, the opportunity. So I think that this weight cut, while Pena, you know, made it closer with the actual scales, um, that Pena is, uh, or sorry, that Nunez is going to have struggled more with this weight cut um, and that that's going to, she's going to be more drained uh, when they come into this fight. In addition, another thing that, you know, I wanted to mention was the fact that Nunez uh, left her gym at American Top Team, uh, where she's been training for about seven years. Um, she left after that loss to Pena uh, last December. I think that was a mistake. I was, uh, I was listening to uh, a, a talk by our, our boy DC, and he was saying, yeah, he, he didn't agree with it either. You know, you don't leave the people that got you to this point. Um, you know, Nunez said there was no falling out. She, she ended up starting her own gym, um, which she said, you know, has always been a dream of hers. But I just don't think that this was the time to do it. You don't, you know, leave one of the top gyms, um, training gyms in the world um, before, you know, a fight where you need to make the most adjustments that you've needed to make in the past 13 fights of your career. Um, so, you know, I think I, I again, I have I have Pena in this one. Um, I see this fight starting off slower. I don't uh, I don't see them really engaging in the first uh, first round. I think there's going to be a lot more of feeling each other out um, than it was in the first round where they just started, you know, slugging it. I think once we get to round two, we'll start to see them, you know, let loose and throw hands. But, um, you know, I have Pena uh, a fourth round TKO. I, you know, I, wow. I Pena is, you know, another thing that I wanted to note was, you know, obviously Pena is the bantamweight champ. You know, she has the belt. Mena Nunez brought her featherweight belt to the weigh-ins and the you know the face-offs, acting like she's still the champ. She's not, and she needs to act like she she has a belt that she needs to win, or else you know it, it seems to me like she would almost be satisfied you know resting on her her laurels, which granted are pretty impressive. I think yeah, I definitely would agree that she's the greatest um, female fighter of all time. But um, yeah, I, I I have her going down in this one and. You know, we'll see if she is able to uh, ever reclaim reclaim that bantamweight belt. You know what, Forbes? I, I like your take on the, uh, the changing the gym and how that could affect her preparation. You know, it's. Uh, I think that I think that people could overlook that detail, but I think that was a, I think that was a solid point you brought up. Um, but I can't wait, nevertheless, for this uh, for this card to begin. Yeah, I definitely hear that, and I think uh, we may have. May have made this one a little bit longer, but that's just because, uh, yeah, this got another star-studded uh, UFC card coming at you. Uh, main card starts at 10 um, on ESPN Plus, or sorry, pay-per-view, uh, coming at you from Dallas. going to be a great card, so uh, we'll, we'll check back in next week, uh, recap our picks, and uh, hope you enjoy the fight card.